0: All right. Oh, my.
1: Hey, you dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. us today, Reverend Sean Danzer, the new Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. How are you doing today, Sean?
0: Hey, doing great.
1: Great to have you with us here. You've been on the job how long now?
0: Oh, about a month and a week, probably.
1: Okay, so you're a seasoned veteran at this worship uh,
0: director thing. I know where my desk is.
1: <laughs> I've known you for a while. What year did you graduate from Fort Wayne, from the
0: seminary? Uh, I, I took my first call in, uh, in 2012, and I uh, stayed on for a graduate assistantship after getting my MDiv.
1: And you uh, came to St. Louis from uh, North Dakota. Where was your call?
0: I had a dual parish right in the southeast corner of the Great Southeast Circuit of North Dakota, uh, where I was a circuit visitor also for the last uh, couple years. And uh, I had a dual parish, uh, Peace Lutheran in Barney and Trinity Lutheran in Great Bend, which actually is the oldest congregation in North Dakota, kind of the mother church of the Missouri Synod there
1: and kind of a point of personal privilege here uh my great-grandpa was was he he wasn't the first pastor there was he or was he
0: he was he was the pastor who was there the longest at least and and one of the early ones yeah Yeah, reverend pastor titia hink yep and uh and pertinent to today he he spanned uh the early the end of the 1800s into the 1900s uh and he would have been the pastor at the time uh when the last big Plague came through uh, the Spanish flu in 1918, 1919. Wow! And uh, if I remember correctly, I think his son Theodore—that's buried right in the front, kind of uh, baby mm. row—all these children sure. who died in infancy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was his son was one of the victims uh, of the last uh, pestilence that came through, at least in America.
1: Well, it's a small world, of course. Right now, we're dealing with with uh, all the craziness uh, surrounding of coronavirus. Um, in your position, you get the task of being able to help uh, provide some resources that we can use in our congregations, and any initial thoughts of just kind of like the big picture? What, you know, a lot of people are worried about, you know, going to church, and what does that mean, all these, this talk of, uh, of big gatherings, and any initial thoughts that you'd like to just share with um, God's people out there, whether on campus or beyond, about how to approach this and where they should put their, uh, where they should put their trust?
0: I think anything that has to do with death or even close to it is very foreign to us because we live in a world that's so sanitized. Uh, we don't have to most of us at least butcher animals. We we think deaths of children and deaths of adults, I mean, until they're very old, are rare things or they have to be freak accidents. We certainly don't think of lots of people dying. And we certainly don't think of disease being the thing that kills people, uh, and, uh, and so this is all new and, and extra frightening because we've really forgotten what it's like to deal with plagues and pestilences and pandemics. But we should remember that uh, history has dealt with these before. In fact, in ones that seem to be much worse than even the coronavirus will be. Uh, and the church in particular has been at the center of that. Uh, The Black Plague that really hit hard in the 1300s and continued really up until the 1700s, even until the 20th century almost. Um, The church was right at the center of that. It was the the Roman church as well as the Reformation and the Lutheran church at the center of this plague that ravaged Europe. Uh, So that's a real advantage to us actually that we can look back at what christians did and said uh, in times of of mass disease and death that uh thanks be to god even from the worst reports doesn't seem like this pandemic will really live up to uh so even though so even though we, even though we do
1: don't uh we don't we we look to the cdc we look to modern science and what it says but it, it, it's awfully it's it's both humbling and comforting to be able to know that uh we're not the first people to ever have to deal with things such as this in the church
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think the first thing to say is the reason it scares us is because we think of diseases as being so handled, right? Science knows everything, and uh, we can cure everything except for the common cold, so certainly there would be nothing that would actually put us really at risk, and suddenly we might have something that does put us at risk, and that terrifies us. It, 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 I think, ought to humble us properly and and cause us to repent a little bit that we've put so much faith in our own wisdom and our own understanding that we actually have, to, to a good degree, forgotten that we are not in control of everything, and in fact, we are relying on God at every hour. Uh, so this is an opportunity first of all and, and this is how the church has historically responded for repentance and for turning to the Lord uh, again to to, to to beg him to spare us and really we ought to do this in every danger we ought to pray Lord have mercy us uh, say spare us Lord. Uh, keep us safe, protect us. Uh, uh, the old collect um, or the old prayer that uh, if if you don't fight for us, there's nobody else who will. Sure. Um, uh, he alone gives the peace that this world cannot give. The peace that actually endures. Um, so this is an opportunity, like any tragedy, that shakes us and rocks us and and wakes us up. Uh, to, to return again to the Lord, and, yeah, uh, and we're in good company with that.
1: Sure. In terms of repentance, now just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, somebody might say, uh, "I hate that phrase." By the way, I need a, what's, what's a suitable replacement for that phrase uh, <laughs> to take the opposite. Somebody might say, "Just well, repent." I didn't cause this virus. I didn't cause this to spread. Why should I repent? How would you yeah. respond to that?
0: So the the very same question was asked of Jesus maybe on the other side of the coin, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Who sinned that caused these great disasters? Uh, You can read about this in Luke chapter 13. Jesus says, well, it's not as if the people who got crushed by this tower that fell, a freak accident, were actually uh, uh, worse sinners than everybody. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I tell you, that unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So Jesus, in a very simple way, you know, demonstrates that no, Uh, we shouldn't make some kind of a one-to-one correlation uh, that God is necessarily punishing. Well, who's he punishing? Just China? No, now it's the whole world he's punishing. Uh, And I suppose he could for our sins, our our sins in general. Uh, But it's not as if God is necessarily punishing us for one sin, whereas, you know, if we just kept it to the garden variety sins, he wouldn't have been quite as mad to send a plague. Um, Rather, our response should be, repentance in general and in total that of course at every moment the, the lord i suppose would be entirely justified in wiping out the world he gave seriously consider he gave serious consideration to that once of course he spared noah and his family eight souls and all and made a promise never to destroy the world again by flood uh, and on such promises we ought to base our prayers and repentance and our simple prayer to, to spare us lord to have mercy on us now and uh, that may seem medieval certainly the way they responded to the black plague but i think it's very christian and uh, and we have examples of this um, not least of which we have an example in second uh, samuel and in the book of chronicles where a plague hit and uh, and david repented in fact he said let me be struck down uh, not my men spare your hand turn the angel away spare our people and of course the lord uh, heard his prayer and uh, spared israel
1: now we don't we don't repent um as those who have no hope we fear love and trust in god above all things and we repent but we repent as those who have who have comfort and so repentance leads us to the to the cross and to the comfort that comes from it
0: yeah one of the one of the best prayers to pray in any time any situation where we really don't know what's going on we don't know what God is doing we don't know why this is happening we we don't maybe know what to do to stop it uh, the prayer for that occasion is the litany mm. the litany it really is a general prayer for all times it encompasses every last petition you could possibly think of but the heart of it is not the petitions the particular things we might mention the heart of it is this single prayer lord have mercy that is expanded and repeated and pressed upon god with great earnestness and truly desperation not a lack of hope but a hope that is only found in christ and in our lord and his promises and therefore it's desperate to the rest of the world for help but it's it's absolutely confident in its in its hope and it's it's uh, trust in christ and you our litany that we have is so wonderful because in addition to asking god to spare us from pestilence and famine war and bloodshed and every other trouble it also says to spare us and to help us good lord on account of the incarnation and the birth and the fasting and temptation and the blood and sweat and pra- passion and resurrection of Jesus Christ who has died and born great affliction in order to spare us from eternal death
1: uh, you, the, the litany and it can be found in um, the Lutheran service book pew edition and hopefully most of you have in your homes and if you don't go to cph.org and get one or five uh, share with the family and um, but we, we don't really do the litany enough, do we? I mean, we kind of use it, you know, at like Ash Wednesday, different places. But is this, a, this is appropriate. Where would you, where would you maybe um, incorporate this in the life of, of the church right now for pastors out there that might be thinking of? Because as far as I'm concerned, this, this should be something we pray
0: daily right now. You, you certainly could and, and that is traditional in times of great distress that the litany would be brought out and and that the whole congregation, either privately as as homes and families or together as a congregation, would pray this uh, and if it has fallen out of use in your congregation again, I think it's what I had mentioned before we we just are lulled into a confidence that you know disease, death, things that are outside of our control really don't actually happen anymore and uh, how arrogant that is. Uh, But uh, for those who trust in Christ, as we Christians do, we shouldn't be... Surprised? We we shouldn't be unfamiliar with this kind of prayer, and uh, and if we have become that, well, bring it out again. In particular, it's it's suited for Rogate Sunday, Sunday devoted to prayer in Easter, uh, and the whole season of Lent is, is a wonderful time to use the litany. We happen to be in the middle of it right yeah, now, sure. so uh, I know in in my new office here at the chapel at the International Center of Missouri Synod, we're praying it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and uh, doing as a whole congregation, it's it's a bit of a discipline, actually, but it's, uh, it's a good way to focus ourselves, again, on trusting in the Lord and beseeching His mercy in Christ Jesus, apart from which we have no hope in this world, uh, and in which we have every hope.
1: And I should point out, uh, being the company man that I am, that uh, you can tune in to KFUO.org on the live stream at uh, 10 a.m. Central Time and listen to that. Uh, as they broadcast the services live from the chapel there. So um, you can join in with others who are, uh, who are speaking it and um, maybe even sometimes singing it. The sung version is absolutely gorgeous,
0: Mm, but, uh,
1: but anyways, so moving on any other things that you'd like to, what about, you know, college students They love to sing and, you know, people are a little down right now, you know, just pondering all this and, uh, don't people tend to feel better when they sing about God's comfort and response to this? And, and I bet uh, you can point a couple of examples out in the histories of the church where great hymnody has come out of the midst of such strife and sadness.
0: Absolutely. In addition to you know all of our prayers uh, that the Lord would spare us, and, and that's a good summary of all, of them. Lord have mercy on us, there is at the same time a great hope. Uh, and this this is exactly the way Christian funerals happen, isn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, we focus on the one hand on death. We're, we're not afraid to mourn. We except we grieve as those who have hope, and that's what distinguishes us from the world. Uh, a Lutheran funeral has both a recognition of death as a great enemy. Uh, it even it is totally comfortable mourning over our sin, and even you know, recognizing that death will come for all of us one day and we ought to repent and, and, uh, and have our house in order ourselves. But the overwhelming focus shifts quickly to the confidence we have in the resurrection. The fact that what is the worst that could happen to us? We could die? Well, our Lord has beaten death in Christ Jesus. And, and his promises that all who trust in him will likewise be raised from the dead at the last day. That's exactly where Lutheran pastors in history uh, have always gone when they fell into plagues as well. And, uh, And again, the Black Plague that rolled through Europe and came back over and over again. Sure. was was right before, during, and after the Lutheran Reformation in the 1500s. Hmm. Uh, and, and so our Lutheran pastors really were at the center of it. Not only that, but the Thirty Years' War uh, that came at the turn of the 17th century, which uh, brought with it plagues, uh, as well as armies ravaging across the countryside. Um, these were times when they turned, uh, you know, they spent the whole day in the cemetery, burying people. I don't think we can even imagine that. No. The, the, worst, the worst plague movies that have come out have given us a picture of what that might be like. Uh, but these pastors, I mean, they had to dig the graves themselves half the time, and they would just never leave the cemetery. They'd bury this person and go over to that grave, at great risk to themselves, and you know, burying their own loved ones, and getting up knowing they're going to have to do that the next day. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine uh, how horrible that was. And yet we see that they did their job diligently they they cared for their flocks, and the hymns that they wrote are both comforting and in many cases joyful to look forward exactly as St Paul says, you know the the sufferings that we face now are not even worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us at the day of our Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. And that's exactly the way these, these pastors put the uh, words uh, to music to be sung by everyone.
1: Can you give us a couple examples here? We've got maybe about yeah. uh, seven, eight minutes here.
0: Do our best. We'll start first with hymn 713 uh, in LSB, From God Can Nothing Move Me, written by Pastor Ludwig Helmbold. Uh, he wrote this, actually, for a friend of his uh, who was running away from a plague. Uh, And very timely for us, uh, uh, in 1563, the plague hit Erfurt, which was a college town. And everybody was able to, was told to flee the city, uh, including everybody from the university. Hmm. And, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Helmold was not a pastor, he was a lecturer. He was actually a professor at the college. And uh, and he wrote this hymn for his friend who was uh, leaving. And uh, based it on Psalm 73, verse 23. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You've held me up by my right hand. A great comforting psalm. And it, it, it starts like this. From God, can nothing move me, right? He will not step aside. Gently he'll reprove me. He'll be my constant guide. He'll stretch out his hand in evening and morning, my life with grace adorning wherever I may stand. How comforting that would be for somebody who had to run away from a plague. And it goes through and and talks about the great comfort that he's given because of what Christ has done. Talks about no matter what happens, uh, whether we face ill or good, he will take care of us and preserve it through it. Even if we face this world's unpleasantness and everything grows dark around us, uh, the day of bliss divine that is to come, uh, which will never end. And Christ, who is the, the pleasure at the center of all of it. He will be ours forever, and nothing can take us, nothing can separate us from him.
1: You know, what's really uh, pertinent today is that, um, so this was written by a college professor, and here we are with hundreds, several hundreds, if not a thousand or so colleges and universities right now, closing up shop, making preparations to suspend classes, going online, which of course sends all of our young people uh, traveling about the country wherever they're going at a time that everybody's hunkering down. I can't think of a, of a of a more perfect hymn to really for them to consider right now than this. Especially given who wrote it and why.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody uh, and I would hope that was ha- be happening at our Concordias and at all of our campus ministries also. Uh, you know, even at risk to themselves, pastors, campus chaplains, and even professors, they're not abandoning their posts, but they're caring for their students while they're there, and they're giving them uh, something to be confident about, even if they have to run away or go home or, or be uh, sequestered for a little while.
1: Well, and, you know, when you think about pastors out there, um, you know, I can't help but pondering the first responders at 9-11, you're running into the building while everybody's running out. I mean, in many ways, this, this is a time for us. This this is this is where we this is where we should be cutting our teeth. This is where we, as pastors, need to be running into the building. In a way, uh, is it not? This isn't a time for us to abandon our posts. This is a time for us to say, yes, we're going to take care of ourselves. Yes, we're going to you know take care of ourselves physically, but we're not going to shy away from uh, bringing God's gifts to God's people and uh, being an
0: example in that regard for our flocks. Absolutely. A couple other pastors we ought to at least mention. These are pastors who who lived and worked during the Thirty Years' War, which brought with it uh, a recurrence of the plague. So devastation of all kinds, and pretty much all of society was uprooted. Uh, We're worried about the economy maybe taking a little bit of a hit on our portfolios, but uh, these guys had—everything was destroyed, uh, and they had to go on living. And uh, these pastors, Paul Gerhardt, Johann Rist, and uh, Philip Nicolai wrote hymns that are some of the most central Lutheran hymns of all. A- and they did it as guys who were burying all their members, who who spent all day uh, burying people in the cemetery. And yet the hymns they write are fantastic. Paul Gerhardt, his hymns are, are second only to Luther maybe, and, mm. and some even think he surpassed him in their beauty. Philip Nikolai wrote only two hymns, but they're they're sometimes known as the King and the Queen of the Chorales. Wake, awake! For night is flying. A wonderful call for us to watch like those ten, those five wise virgins awaiting Christ's return as the groom coming for his bride, the Church, uh, to, to rescue her. And that we should be joyful, not gloomy, as we await for our coming uh, Savior Jesus at the last day. He's writing that
1: literally days. while he's daily going out. And bearing people in the middle of all yeah. this,
0: That's just, yeah, that, that just we should blows be blows my mind. Yeah, or uh, how lovely shines the morning star—a mm. a beautiful hymn confessing that, you know, uh, what joy to know that when life is past, the Lord we love is first and last, the end and the beginning. Uh, he's going to take us and transport us to that happier, that joyful place where there is no tears, no sinning, uh, and certainly no death anymore. Amen, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, crown of gladness. We're yearning for the day of your return. They they turned their eyes heavenward and turned their eyes to the last day in the resurrection of all flesh. And that gave them the confidence and the wherewithal to go about their grim task every day of caring for those who, who were suffering and dying. Um, I don't know if it will get to that point here in America or here with this plague or with any other. But uh, what a marvelous example to us and an encouragement from our fellow saints, not to get our eyes down in the muck too much, not to have our, our hearts overwhelmed with panic, but instead to trust in Christ Jesus and what he's done for us by his death and what he's made certain for us by his resurrection that we look for the resurrection of the dead. We expect it, in fact, mm-hmm. as the Creed says. And so uh, that gives us, you know, a, a soberness, a calmness, a confidence, and even a joyfulness in the midst of uh, all sorts of panic and chaos. Um, what, what can separate us from Christ Jesus? What, what can harm us if death itself has been overturned by him? Uh, yeah. so that, to that is us Christ, way to face. die
1: is gain, Paul reminds us. Amen. Well, we have uh, more or less run out of time. Wish we had more time. We could talk forever about, uh, um, but any other hymns, just without maybe going in them, you think people might turn to the, to look up from the other guys that you mentioned?
0: Yeah, maybe one more. Uh, Martin Rinkert, a uh, pastor who served in the Third Year's War and with much plague, uh, and yet uh, he is famous for writing this hymn, Now thank we all our God with hearts hmm. and hands and voices. How could you be thankful in the midst of devastation? Well, this pastor was. Um, um the lord has preserved us he continues to preserve us um that's what we'll certainly say after the plague comes and we've seen that he's heard our prayers that we have in fact been spared uh, that's probably the song we'll be singing on the last day too when he's brought us to himself in the resurrection well thanks be to god yeah
1: absolutely all this kind of underscores you know people go to a lutheran funeral and they they leave it like wow those lutheran funerals are sure uplifting well, of course they are, because we've got this incredible hope. We don't deny the death that we're staring at in the casket in front of us. And we don't deny what's going on around us with what we're facing today. But but we have hope and we have an incredible message of comfort that this isn't a time to shy away from sharing it with one another. It's certainly not a time to stop meeting together. Um, we have an opportunity to witness through through prayer and song and what we receive in god's gifts to the world and so let us uh pray and sing boldly how about that amen hey thank you uh pastor Danzer for joining us and uh, God's continued blessings uh, with you throughout your transition to you your wife and your family I enjoy working with you as a colleague and will down the line and uh Anyways, um, if anybody wants to find some of these resources, you recently put up some, uh, like, propers for a time of pestilence. Where can they find these kinds of things?
0: Certainly, in the meantime, you can go directly to lcms.org, and I know there'll be a big splash screen right on the front page. uh, And I believe there should be something a little more permanent at lcms.org slash coronavirus. Well,
1: hey, thank you. Um, Godspeed, and God be with all of our people out there.
0: God bless you and all your listeners, too.
1: That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at KFU.org. Learn more about LCMSU at LCMSU.org.
0: And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.